This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot, known locally as a February room, is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA the North American distributor for composite developments, fly rods, and fishing accessories. Tech. Precision. Ingenuity. Legacy. Go to cdfishing.us and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Here's your host, Lauren Carnop, and this is The February Room. Welcome to The February Room. Today, my guest is Drake Perry, all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you so much, Drake, for joining me today. Before we kind of go into who you are, what you do, um, we've discussed that you have some pretty incredible fisheries over in Ohio, catching gar on the fly. So I kind of want to hear a, an, an interesting fishing story from you. Okay, so... Um... Again, thanks for having me on. I, I am not by any means a pro um, like some of the folks you've had on here. However, uh, I've been around the industry, you know, for some time. I'm, I'm pretty close and have my hand on the beat of uh, kind of what's going on in, in the industry. And um, I'll start off with a, a, a story that kind of parlays into a uh, fly fishing related story. Um so I was taking a guy duck hunting and this is like 
last February, we discussed to meet at the boat ramp at probably 5.30 a.m., which in February in Ohio um, or, or January in Ohio, it's super cold and super dark um, at this time. So I roll up, kind of get my morning started. Slowly, I'm kind of like getting out of my car, getting out of the truck. I'm like getting my stuff together, kind of just collecting my thoughts after my you know 20 or 30 minute drive to this lake. And I'm meeting a guy who I hadn't really gone out with before. So it's kind of a, you know, hello, nice to meet you kind of morning and, and stuff like that. And I was just in a really kind of relaxed state. And I'm kind of parked like in the middle of the parking lot, if you will. But I have my doors open and I'm putting, I'm literally standing, like putting my waders on. And a police, a sheriff's car comes flying into the parking lot. And this is what, like, you know, super in the morning, flying <laughs> in the parking lot. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what? First of all, what was the last thing illegal I did? And second of all, what, like, is this guy that I'm with, like, whoever this guy's after, is going to jail. There's, you're not getting away from this. So anyway, he pops out. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this guy's like gonna slap some cuffs on someone. And he's like, where is he? And I'm like, where is who? Like, whoa, like what are you talking about? You know, this other guy who's standing in the parking lot with his waiters, like getting his waiters on, and he's looking at me like, what did I just like walk into? You know, and, um, the cop comes back to me and he's like, hey, there's a overturned boat in the middle of the lake. And there's three people out there that are drowning, essentially. And I'm like, and he's like, I need you to put that boat in as fast as you can and get out there and try to rescue it. Oh my freaking God. Are you serious? So, so anyway, I like get the, I'm like, got my waiters on already. I told the dude that I was like, kind of with, I was like, listen, man, like you just probably need to stay back on this one. I don't have a super big boat or anything. I didn't want to like, have too many, you know, too many things going on. So anyway, I get the boat in the water. I fly out of this kind of cove or marina, and um, I go through no wave, just flying, you know. Um, and I was able to, so like, still pitch black, like completely, like the blackest black you can imagine. And the only way that I saw them in the water was because one of the people hunting had a iPhone and turned on the flashlight thing for the iPhone. So I get there, the boat, the, there's a light bar on the boat. It's underneath the water. So like you can see the boat is upside down. They have like all their, they have shock loaded shotguns on the bottom of the boat, which is at the top of the boat. And the female that was with them was very hypothermic. Like she was like kind of stiff, stiff and purple. And then, so anyway, we, one of the guys was able to just get in on his own. The other guy was swimming with her, holding her up. And he was the bigger of the two guys. I was able to grab her in. And then the other guy and I basically pulled the bigger guy into the boat. And so, like, we get everyone in the boat. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Holy crap. And I'm like, yeah. By this time, like... DNR is there. Every cop car from 100 miles away is there. Ambulances, fire trucks. The whole place is just lit up with lights. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so nuts. So I get them all in. I get them back to the boat ramp and give them their shotguns. All their shotguns were loaded. I was like to the cops, I'm like, what do you guys want me to do with these shotguns? They're not mine. I don't want them. Like, <laughs> yeah. So um, 
so yeah, so that was like kind of a, I've been very fortunate for the time that I've been on the water. I haven't had any too catastrophic things go on, but you know, I've been, I've been on the, on the rescue side a couple of times, which when I was on the white river and had to do the same thing and tow a boat up a rapid. So did you ever hear about how they flipped their boat? No, I never. So I re- so afterwards I was like curious. I'm like, first of all, are these, did these, everything was everyone okay? You know, I thought, I would have thought like the police were going to follow up or like someone like, you know, they're basically just said, Hey, thanks. And that was it. Yeah. That is so terrifying. Obviously they're probably going duck hunting or something in the morning. Yeah, right? exactly. Yep. Exactly. So Drake, I know we discussed that you kind of have a passion for kind of these like predator fish and um, fishing some waters that aren't necessarily trout waters, but um, kind of really exciting waters. Can you give me a little bit of, bit about your fishing's history? Yeah. So I kind of fall into the category that if it swims and has fins, I want to catch it. Um, regardless of it, so a longnose gar, if it's a buffalo, a sucker, a carp, largemouth, you name it, um, smallmouth, those are more like traditional stuff. But I kind of think out of, outside the box and I go, I target what a lot of people would kind of classify as trash fish, which is kind of fitting for where we end up fishing. It's kind of, it's kind of fitting for those kinds of areas because there can be, you know, areas that are pretty trashy. So yeah, I just, I, I kind of grew in, grew up as a fly fisherman fishing for trout in the West. And then when I came back to Cincinnati, I was like, I love fly fishing far way too much to just stop. Like I can't do that. So, so I kind of adapted. I, I still have my raft from out West. So that was kind of like the intro for me to like get down these rivers in a different way, in a different light and a different mindset than what I used to do with like two cases of beer. Um, so so it was was just like really fun and I didn't realize that fishing in the Midwest was going to be fun I just thought it was going to be like I don't know I I didn't know what to expect but but I thought it was going to be cool and I I kind of was able to I mean this is now four or five six years that I've been fishing back here so I've been able to like put some patterns together that say okay you know the water level is this high and it's this time of year and this river's dropping there's going to be fish here or whatever so um it's almost i'm, I'm not a saltwater fisherman by any means uh fly fisherman but um it's kind of like being able to read the tides and, and do those things it's a different literally around here it's most of the rivers are a different river every time you're out on them so it's, it's just kind of hard to kind of put these patterns together but yeah after enough r&d and enough enough time on the water you kind of get to put these things together and you know, obviously the internet's a great resource for figuring out how people are catching these fish. And I just kind of adapted some of my own techniques and uh, some of my own flies that we test out. And like, it's crazy. I mean, sometimes like, you're like, well, that's warm water fishing, which it is. But um, what do you do in the winter when it's cold? Well, it's really funny because some of these Ohio River factories, if you will, and you People have probably heard of this. It's not something entirely new, but they have warm water discharges that come into the Ohio River. So if you can line up, uh, you know, a perfect scenario with river levels and have the generators generating, uh, you get all the bait fish to swim 
you know, essentially into the warmest water possible, which then attracts everything else. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can catch catfish on the fly, which is just a riot, uh, you know, throwing, throwing like big heat weights and just like streamers and the catfish will sit in one to two feet of water and smash pretty much anything that goes by them. Uh, you get opportunities like that. You get uh, some really cool opportunities for uh, for freshwater drum that get uh, that get to be huge. Uh, and the freshwater drum will, at times, they will tail, kind of like redfish do. Um, so that's that's fun. And then um, you know, once I was like kind of done with going after trash fish, and I kind of got into the hybrid uh, white bass striper game, which I'm still definitely learning you know every day on but um but yeah i'm trying to maybe try to hit them up tomorrow do you have um a pretty exciting memorable fishing catch from um the ohio river you know i do so this was a trip i took i took by myself and sometimes i just like to get away and not talk to anyone and just kind of collect my thoughts and um this was kind of one of those mornings i had Basically, I, I wanted to go solo because I knew I had to get super skinny in my boat. In addition to, uh, like, just, I literally had never been to this spot in this river. So I finally, like, get to, like, and I had, like, stopped kind of along the way and popped a couple fish early on. So I was, like, kind of like, you know, when you get a couple fish, you really get that momentum going a little bit. And you have, like, the mojo working. So, yeah, so anyway, I popped a couple fish, kept going, ended up to this. So I had a brand new rod. Um, that uh, one of my buddies made for me. It was, he put on the label, the Drakeberry Special. So uh, so he's like, hey man, like try this rod out for me. I, I think you'll like it. Like, I don't want to know how it holds up, all this stuff. So, so anyway, I cruise up to the spot. Uh, and all of a sudden, and I'm smallmouth and pike fishing. I just kept seeing like, for whatever reason, all of the carp and trash fish were up on the banks and the water was super clear so it created this scenario where i could see very clearly all the fish swimming in the water and in ohio that's not always the case uh it could be kind of kind of muddy around so um those clear days early spring where you get a good amount of flow in the river and and then the level you know and, and the fish are up but I would assume that like that was one of the days where the temperature probably spiked like eight or ten degrees or something like that. Uh, but anyway, so the fish are all all these trash fish are up on the bank, and I popped like another couple fish on my way down with the Drake Perry special. Uh, so I'm feeling I'm feeling like I'm in like great shape, like I'm just relaxed, everything's cool, and um, I passed this fish in the water, and I saw it, and I said. That is, that's the biggest fish I've ever seen swimming in a river, period. I can't, like, holy, like, I like, lost it for a second. Let me set the stage a little bit. If you can imagine a typical trout river, if there's, like, a bend, like, imagine, like, an outside bend, and there's, like, a rock in the water on the bend, and it just kind of creates that current break there. So that's exactly the kind of scenario where this fish was sitting. It was sitting right behind this rock, and I pass it. All, so this current break was creating like like a big mud foam line, if you will. So like in trout world, like there's like a foam line and there'll be like trichos in there or something, or there'll be there'll be a bunch of fish in there just kind of sucking them down in the foam. So that was the scenario for this spot, but they were not sucking down bugs. 
they were actually sucking down flowers. So there's honeysuckle trees that are that are over the river, drop flowers a certain time of year. Um, and if you can imagine this chrome line where there's probably 15 to 20 uh, common and grass carps sitting in the flat, this jumbo was swimming like way out in the middle of the current, like not even trying to hide under any cover or anything like that. So I said, hold on, let me just chill out for a minute. Let me, let me drop anchor, collect my thoughts, tie my fly on, right? So the fly is actually special too. This kid, one of my buddies, Scott, he, uh, he tied this fly for me. He gave me like two or three of them and they were designed specifically for a golf course where there was carp and honeysuckle. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't know what I, I don't know exactly what I did. It kind of fades out of my memory. I like had lunch or ate a sandwich or like snacked or something like that with the anchor down. I'm going to see if this thing's back around, pull anchor, go back to see where it was. Don't see it. I'm like, okay, well, whatever, you know, like, at least I saw the fish. Like at least I laid eyes on it. I know where it lives. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm like dicking around in the boat again and there is the fish and i was able to kind of like hide the boat in this mud line foam if you will and so i had there i just had like a such an easy like a perfect you know 10 to 15 foot cast with this flower dropped it on its nose and then bang it eats it and i'm sitting there fighting and like once it eats the whole flat they all run they all just disappear like every fish in that flat <laughs> rolls out so, and I'm still hooked up. So I'm like, literally for the first 10 minutes, I hadn't even seen the fish. Like I hadn't, like, I couldn't, I have not laid eyes on this fish yet. So I'm like, it's big, but I don't know how big it is. I am fighting this thing up and down the rapid, like up and down the river. Like basically had to like, use, at one point I like took me to about backing twice. At one point I had to use like the big, the gas motor to pull the boat and the fish back into a deeper pool because it's trying to pull me into a rapid. And so I finally get like kind of close to the boat and I'm like, how am I, how, how the heck am I going to land this thing? Like, I don't have a musky net with me. I have like, I have like a deep, pretty deep net, pretty sizable net, but it wasn't going to fit this thing. I'm just going to try to grab it when it gets close. Oh, like, I pull, like I have my, my rod like sitting there and I try to like get down on the leader and pulling it closer to the boat. Uh, get my hand underneath it and boom, it's it's gone, you know. So I'm like, it almost takes my rod out of the boat, grab the grab the rod again. Finally, I'm like, I just gotta like try to stick half of this, like a quarter of this fish in the net, and then I can like try to wrestle it into the boat. Was able to get it in the boat. It was I don't have like a scale or anything on my boat, but it was around probably around 50 pounds. It was 46 inches long, so it was just a massive grass carp. It was it was crazy. And then do you just you just throw it threw it back in the river? Yeah. Yeah, I took I took some pictures of it. It pooped all over my boat and then I threw it back in water. <laughs> oh gross. What does carp poop look like? Um it's kinda like it almost kinda looks like goose poop. Like it's like ground round green turds that are slimy. So what's like the type of flies that you like to fish with out there? Man, it really just depends on what I'm targeting. Every fish, you know, I would say like Carp, and for the most part, like smallmouth buffalo and like those kind of fish, will eat kind of the same patterns. And a lot of people fish; like, it's kind of like the hybrid or the Montana hybrid fly, where it's just got like uh, 
It's almost like a San Juan worm with eyes and a little bit of hackle on it. You know, I will probably get some crap for this, but um, I don't care. I'll fish a mop <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I'll fish a white mop with bead chain eyes. And literally, it's like it's one of those like guide flies that uh, are like really easy to tie that you can just crank them out really easy. Uh, but I'll fish those and I'll get eats on that. So I'm not going to need to spend any more time or effort if, it, if that's what they're going to eat. So um, stuff like that. And then when you get into like small mouth, we'll eat, you know, like sex dungeons and trout flies that are real like bigger, you know, swim flies. Um, striped bass, I typically fish like a saltwater hook clouser with big bead chain eyes. Um, in different times of years, they'll be just different colors. So usually obviously just the, the go-to chartreuse and white and then pink and white and blue and white. And then with a little bit of flash, you know, in some of those flies, stuff like that. So it just depends. I had never caught a carp on a, yeah, on a honeysuckle fly until that one. So it just, you just got to like be able to kind of read the water and figure out what you think is going to do the best. I love the idea of a honeysuckle fly. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of like, I've never even heard of a honeysuckle fly so it's it sounds beautiful and dangerous i don't take uh i can't take any credit for it uh i didn't create it or anything like that but um it, it's a proven pattern we'll just leave it at that <laughs> do you feel that you're kind of because you now have more of these kind of predator fish that you like to fish for are you kind of done with the trout like is it just not as exciting for you anymore or do you think you're i still like trout fishing at some points, it's kind of more predictable for in my in what I can do. But I love trout fishing. I still watching a brown trout crush a fly will never get old to me. Uh, I like stripping streamers, for, you know, stripping streamers for big grounds. It's that that I don't think that will get old for me. Is there like a huge fly fishing community in Ohio? I wouldn't say it's huge by any shape. Like you'll go you'll go places and. People think that you're like in up, like a writing a book because you have a fly around your hand or something weird. You know, like they just look at you like, what are you doing? You know, uh, <laughs> canoers will go by and, and they don't know what's going on. They're like, you got a big brown trout on right there. Like, that, there's no brown trout in this river, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a tight community around the parts uh, and some really, really good anglers that, uh, you know, challenge themselves and take trips. And there's a local fly shop. That, uh, that is around. Um, there's a better, in my opinion, a really good fly shop in Columbus that I support. But uh, it's a small community. I mean, everyone kind of, everyone somewhat, you know, follows each other on, you know, social media and kind of keeps up with each other that way. And you'll see each other out and kind of give each other a nod because, you know, I mean, if you gear fish, which, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of doing when you can't do it on the fly, it's, pretty crazy how much more effective it is around these parts or it can be so i mean i guess if anyone who makes their way out in cincinnati and wants to go fly fishing is there a way that they maybe could contact you and get some more information about how to prepare for a trip like that yeah definitely um my facebook is just drake outfitter um hit me up there uh emails everything phone numbers on there my instagram page too if you just want to hit that that's uh the great white drizzy uh, either way, I'm, I'm pretty open, and, and I love fishing with new people. Like that's kind of been my uh, my my fun thing this summer is just trying to fish with people you don't always fish with. Like change it up. Maybe they maybe they 
do something a little different that you don't do that you can kind of bring into your repertoire or, or you, if you're just taking them out like that's cool and like i'm always open to that so um you know that's that's kind of where i'm at like it's it's i kind of draw the line like do i know this guy no does he want to go fish yes does he fish <laughs> okay <laughs> You don't want to have it when you're like out at 5.30 in the morning and the police start showing up and you're like, okay, now I'm questioning my yeah. <laughs> my fishing <laughs> buddy. <laughs> and does he know what a honeysuckle fly looks like? So exactly. these are some big, big questions. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today, Drake. And I just, I love following you on Instagram too, because the Midwest um, has a sweet spot in my heart as well just because of our family cabin in northern wisconsin and everyone there is so friendly and kind and the fishing is just as exciting you know fishing for muskie or pike um i haven't i haven't fished for gar yet but it's definitely um on my list as well to but thank you so much for joining me today and i, I appreciate it yeah hey thanks again for uh for having me on it was uh, it was great to speak with you uh tight lines to everyone out there for the inside scoop on the fly patterns we've discussed with our guest, check our blog for Flies of the February Room. If you would like to enter the February Room, shoot us an email at info at cdfishing.us. Also, remember to subscribe, share, and if we've earned it, give us those five stars. Thanks for dropping by, and remember to go fishing.